Well, welcome. Welcome, everyone, to the Better Every Shift podcast, webcast, uh, well, whatever you call it. We're live here. My name is Aaron Zamzow. I am the host of the Better Every Shift podcast. With me, as always, is my co-captain, Janelle Fosquets. Hello, Janelle. Hello. Great to be here. Well, it's very exciting day for us because not only are we live, but we also have Chief Basher with us. Uh, coming from a much warmer climate than where I am. And he's used to doing these things live. So Janelle and I behind the scenes, we're kind of hyperventilating into a paper bag and Chief is over there, not even batting an eye or sweating. So welcome Chief Basher, thanks for being here. Thanks, I'm just wondering what those things are below your sleeves there, that's covering your arms. I'd... <laughs> Long sleeve stuff, I don't get. Yes, uh, there's uh, snowsuits and, uh, you know, winter jackets are still uh, here in Wisconsin. But up in Florida, yeah, you're 90 degrees. And uh, you look good, Chief. And that's going to kind of introduce or bring us to why we're here today. We're here to kick off Wellness Week. Uh, We're here to talk about something called the Healthy 10. And um, again, you and I have had some great conversations along the way about health and wellness and it's great to have you as our guest for this and real quick just for those that don't know chief basher is he's the executive editor fire rescue one fire chief uh he's been a public safety director highlands county uh prince george's county fire ems emergency manager you have uh really done the gamut within the fire service but what a lot of people don't know is you look really good now you're very fit you're very healthy but you have had a journey uh, with your own health, correct? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, it it, it was um, two specific things that occurred that um, uh, kind of drove me there. One was uh, in, in West Virginia, I was reading, my wife actually was reading a newspaper one day and I saw a picture, she, you know, she was holding a paper and I looked over and I said, who, who is that? Uh, and I can say this because it's about myself, right? She says, I said, who's that fat guy on the, the front uh, front of the paper? And she rolled it over and said, that would be you, hon. And, you know, it was just a realization that I honestly didn't recognize myself. And I got to a point where, um, you know, that, that was kind of the weight loss beginning. And then the second epiphany, if you will, was as chief in Prince George's County, I began to hire what I called the young punks, uh, and I didn't want those young punks to outdo me. Now, they outdid me, but I gave them a run for their money, and I would PT with them. I would go to the gym with them. You know, we'd go on jogging missions together, and um, end of the story, basically, I've lost uh, almost 90 pounds and gotten myself to where uh, I'm in the healthiest, uh, healthiest state of my life. And it got you to a point where you can really help us talk about what we're gonna we're gonna do to help define what healthy what is healthy for the fire service the healthy 10 but before we do that uh, Janelle's got some housekeeping stuff for us uh, we want some participation from everybody listening today and Janelle how do they do that oh just a reminder that as with any of our webinar events you can interact with us just type your question into the question box we will try to get to as many as possible some of them we'll get to as we're talking some will save till the very end. Um, but we want to hear from you, so please reach out. And today we're, we mentioned the healthy 10, and, and we'll define that a little bit better. Um, but this is all part of First Responder Wellness Week, and uh, we're very happy to kick this off. 
Uh, I still don't believe that they allowed me to do a live <laughs> podcast with this. And Janelle, uh, you are the expert on what we uh, are, are trying to accomplish with Wellness Week and what our goals are. Yeah, so First Responder Wellness Week, this is our first time doing this. It's a big launch. We're doing it across all of our verticals, police one, EMS one, fire rescue one, uh, the Lexapol site. Really what we want to do is get everyone focused on the, the health and wellness resources they need. So much like the firefighter safety stand down, where we focus a whole week of training activities and efforts around whatever that theme is, we wanna do the same thing for wellness. So this week, every day is focused on a different theme with the overarching theme of the resilient responder because all of these factors are connected to resiliency. So Monday, today is physical fitness, Tuesday is sleep, Wednesday is nutrition, Thursdays mental health and Friday is healthy coping strategies. So we're going to hit on some of this and what we talk about today with the healthy 10, but please watch all this week for information, resources, videos, more webinars. We have five webinars this week um, across sites. So check it out. Um, and I'll put something in the chat here as well. So you can have the link to where you can get some fire rescue one resources and also some resources from Lexapol. And that's a perfect segue into what our agenda is. First, we wanted to make you aware of just the Wellness Week concept. Uh, and, and then, Chief, you and I are going to define what is a healthy firefighter. And, and one of the principles that we've kind of come up with behind the scenes is this, con this Healthy 10 concept. We have some great resources, so please, you can click on them. Uh, and then we'll take some questions on it. Um, and Chief, really the idea behind this Healthy 10 started uh, with, um, you know, you and I and, and, and conversations that we've had with people throughout the, you know, the country presenting is you have two people here. Let's, and I'll give you an example. And this is kind of what spurred my, my side of this was you got somebody who's 10% body fat. They look very, very healthy. Uh, they work out, but then they go home and they drink. They haven't had their cancer screens. They don't wear their gear properly. They don't clean their gear. They don't have good uh, emotional uh, relationships. Um, and then you take someone who's maybe 20 or 25 pounds overweight, but they understand their numbers. They, they get their annual medicals. They get their cancer screens. They are working out fairly consistently, but you know they go through little slides here and there. They, they eat well. You know, Looking at the calendar, you're going to say one is healthier than the other. But we know the reality is something totally different. And that's kind of where this Healthy 10 came up with. How can we measure health? And what kind of guidelines and framework can we give to firefighters going forward to try to shoot for and strive for and use as, as, as a guide? And, and that goes back to your story, right? Like you looked in the mirror and at that time, not only were you overweight, but what other health issues, if you don't mind indulging a little bit, like sure. were you... Were you taking care of your health at that point? Yeah, no, not really. And, you know, I think Janelle put you, must have put you up to that calendar reference because there are some calendars out there for those that uh, are familiar <laughs> with the past. So the um, uh, one thing I think we need to do, need to recognize Lex Pohl and Gordon Graham and that whole, uh, the Cortico piece and just thank uh, them for allowing us to host this and, uh, get, you know, bring this to the forefront, if you will, of a live audience. Uh, 
hopefully make a healthier firefighter at the end of the day. So, uh, you know, part of that uh, weight loss journey wasn't just about less food because that was indeed, that was part of the problem. Um, but another part of the problem for me was sugared sodas and, um, you know, just carbonation in general. I'm, I'm not an alcohol drinker, so alcohol wasn't an issue for me, for a lot of folks that can be. Uh, and when you really do some of the research and you understand uh, what those grains and what the sugars and all those things do, the um, I think I can say it was a McDonald's soda. So I would have a McDonald's uh, Coke, if you will. Uh, and I, I did some research and found that one of those 32 ounces was about the same as a can. And that had the equivalent of seven tablespoons of sugar in each one of those. And I would have two or three a day. That was just what I did, you know, it was on the run. It was that fast food thing and it was quick and it and did what it did. So just in those three sodas a day, 21 tablespoons of sugar. And that didn't take into account anything else I was doing. Uh, so, you know, even though I didn't drink, I didn't have the uh, alcohol uh, as an issue, I did have sugar as an issue. Uh, so not only about reducing food, but about reducing sugar intakes and uh, increasing water intake. So to the point today, uh, I'm pretty much water and tea is uh, is a pretty boring uh, drink lifestyle, if you will. But water and tea is what my repertoire is. And of course, I have a uh, electrolyte replacement after the gym. Uh, mm -hmm. So, you know, your your statements there on the screen are, are perfect from a perspective of uh, what I'm going to say right now. And that is that there is not one plan. There isn't one plan or one nutrition uh, tip I can give people or one exercise that you can give people. You've got to do the research and figure out what works for you yeah. because every one of our bodies reacts differently. All three of us across the screen right here could go and have a baseline done and then we could drink the same stuff and eat the same stuff and all three of our body for, for weeks and all three of our bodies would react differently to it. So you have to find out what works for you and your body and make sure that uh, you're not just relying on pills and just relying on the latest, greatest uh, exercise plan out there. There's a balance that you've got to find. You've got to find what works for you. And, and that's what ended up working for me. I had to do a lot of research. Um, functional fitness is a big part of that. I know you're going to talk a little more about that later. And like I said, here we are today, almost 20 years later and down 90 pounds and, and holding really well. And looking good and being able to inspire others. I think that's the other part of that. And that's actually part of this list um, is to, uh, you know, have even we, we take into account attitude. Um, you know, yeah. you talked about lifestyle and uh, and how that can play into it and how different, you know, different things work for different people. And Janelle, that kind of comes into one of the projects that we have on Fire Rescue One real quick is our survey. Do you want to mention that real quick? Yeah, I think oh. it's just important to to consider how stress and wellness overall plays into the bigger picture of health because you can be really fit you can be you know at your optimal body weight you know body weight percentage but if you're super stressed and are having some mental health struggles um you know you are not at optimum health so and this is the big theme of our annual survey this year is the kind of confluence of events, this perfect storm that leads to stress amongst firefighters. Um, and so a lot of, some of the things we'll be talking about today connect to this. I just wanted to make a quick note about that. Um, we're gonna close the 
survey tomorrow. So this is the last chance to get in there. I'm putting the, um, the link to it in the chat right now for everybody. Um, but check that out. We'll have some good resources in the next few months as a result of what we learned from, this, from the study. Hey, before you jump in, Aaron, um, I do, there is a comment that came in and it is an important comment. Um, and this is actually how I started in the fire service as a dispatcher. And sometimes we talk about functional fitness and we talk about what firefighters do and all those things. And that is the focus of uh, the, the conversation here. But we also have to remember our dispatchers and the mental health of all the things that go along with uh, dealing with every one of these calls coming in. It's important for us to remember that, too. It's not just about putting the uh, wet stuff on red stuff. It, it is about the entire envelope of what we do. So thanks for that question. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, and we'll address that within these these Healthy 10. And that's kind of where, again, we, we talked about what's a fit firefighter because, you know, the calendar and the physical body is one thing, but then what's going on behind the scenes? And if you don't know, uh, that's a real detriment to your own health. Now, we're, we're gonna, we'll dive in with number one where we talk about functionally training, but everybody stay tuned because we're not just gonna talk about burpees. We're not going to talk about, you know, we're going to we're going to give you some some things that you can walk away with it because right now half half the people listening are going, oh, he's going to talk about burpees and he's going to talk about protein and he's going to talk about, you know, all those things that he likes to do. By the way, I hate doing those things. I'm not I don't like to do them. I know I need to do them, but that's a whole nother topic. It's about meeting you where you're at and giving you some usable things. And hopefully you can take, you know, number four, number five, number six, walk out the door and go, yeah, that dude was goofy, but he's got some some good things that I can do to improve my health. And we, we're gonna dive in with fitness because it's, it's uber important. All the research points to working out consistently helps with stress management, number one. It also helps with cognitive function, which some of us, <laughs> like, like myself, need all the help we could get, but then it helps with performance. And, and number one is to train functionally. Now, functionally for a chief is a little different than it is functionally for a frontline firefighter, right, chief? But it's uber important even as uh, as an officer, correct? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, I'm a six-day-a-week gym guy, um, but I'm not in there for two hours a day or two. You know, I'm in for my one hour, get in and get done what I need to get done. And absolutely exercising the mind is a big part of this too. And stress relief. I always tell my chiefs, I ask them every time, I go, are you guys working out? And you know, sometimes it's yes, sometimes no. And I said, look, I, I don't I don't ask them because I they're gonna have to hoist ladders. I ask them because they got to deal with me. <laughs> you know, that that's the stress of it. But going to that frontline person, whether even if you're a dispatcher, you know, functional fitness uh, you know, is has been kind of the term has been thrown around a lot. And I I found one of the best ways to define it is to just look at and this is coming from mayo uh, clinic and it's training the body for activities performed in daily life and i think you know whether you're a dispatcher a chief a firefighter you have to look at all right what am i doing what am i exposed to and how can i improve my performance based on what i traditionally or what i i functionally have to do each day you know when you look at the fire ground we lift crawl carry pull, pull hoist drag, climb, slam, all that involves core work. Uh, and then we have to repeat that. Then you have to throw heavy gear on there. Um, you know, with a chief, your your stress levels are high. You're going from meeting to meeting. Uh, you're dealing with people like myself. 
you know, as a dispatcher, you may not be very active at certain times. So you have to find ways to um, integrate in functional improvements. And, you know, with us in the fire service, as firefighters, I always say mobility is really key. Core is really key. Full body strength is really key. Um, but as a chief, as you just said, too, consistency and training, uh, you know, the mind is also really, really important with that. Um, anything you yeah, need to, I mean, you think we to add on that part of it, Chief? No, just uh, you know, just that I want to kind of draw the um, line in the sand without it being a line in the sand, and and that is that sure, when you get to be a chief, you're not going into burning buildings as much as you were. Uh, you maybe not at all. Some chiefs probably haven't been in a burning building in a long time, and that's a whole other issue for a whole other podcast. But the um, the reality is you cannot expect your folks to perform at their optimal level or uh, to take it serious if you don't take it serious. Yeah. You've got to make sure you're on the top of your game just as much as your folks do. It, it's equally important, regardless of whether you're functionally in the burning building or not. Well, so I have we a question to... about that as well, because if you're a chief and you're, your fire ground days are done, you might not need to be doing the lifts and the hoists and the carries, but the key is, I mean, at least take a walk, do something yeah. where yeah. you can, you know, at least work on your cardio strength. Like we don't want to suggest here that everyone needs to be doing these types of functional sure. training. You know, yeah, if think... you know that you're not going to be doing a pull ever again in your life, for example, but still it's important to make sure you're still doing some sort of fitness activity. Yeah. Consistency is a key and intensity can change with position and also where you are with your level of fitness. So if somebody's listening to this and they're like, hey, I'm on the couch, man, I lifting, crawling, carrying, I, I, I just got to get up. Well, that's your first step, right? Like that's it. And then get consistent with it. So functionally training, I think we all agree. We got some great points with that. Um, the second thing is to hydrate with water because I know who's listening and I know exactly what everybody's saying right now, you know, right, chief, everyone's going beer, coffee, whatever, but um, not saying you, you can't do those things. It's just hydration is so vitally important for thought process, cognitive function, fitness, joint lubrication. And what a lot of people don't know is that staying hydrated can reduce your chances of sudden cardiac arrest and stroke, which mm, last I checked are what kills us, right? Especially in Florida, right, Chief? Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, the whole diabetic part of the sugars, really important that people pay attention to that. Make sure you're seeing a doctor on a regular basis. Get what your baselines are. And, uh, that you know, it's the other part. I appreciate Janelle's uh, admonition of we don't expect everybody to be uh, doing um, the, the sledgehammer every day. We also don't expect everybody just to go out and cut sugar right away. You got to understand where your body is and water is certainly a big part of it. And sugars, whether they're natural or, or otherwise, they're, they're important too. You got to find out where your body is. Yeah. And with hydrating here, I'm it's cold weather where you are, it's 90 degrees. It's important regardless. And so the, the, the rule of thumb, I've been working with athletes a long time. You've been working the, with firefighters and athletes a long time. You know, one of the, the kind of the, the documented uh, rules of thumb is half your body weight in ounces of water each day, if you can. 
some people look at me, well, I probably go, oh my God, is that, that's a lot. But if you get somewhere close to it, and the idea is think more about hydrating with water, make that improvement. That's something too, Chief. And I know like when you started your, you mentioned sodas, you're doing a lot of sodas. Now you do waters and teas. The tremendous improvement in just how you felt, right? Probably. Oh, was absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the, and, and the carbonation that's in a lot of that, um, while it may not add weight per se, it does bloat an individual. It, it's just a fact of what it does. So uh, when I started having more water and more tea, it is unbelievable how much better not only you feel, but how much easier doing some of these exercises, even like Janelle said, taking a walk, just taking a walk is no longer stressful. So it all, for me, it all started with, with that uh, realization of, of the sugars and the sodas and then the carbonation. Um, those two things together made a huge, huge difference. Well, so many non-water drinks are dehydrating. You think yeah. that you're just because you're taking in a liquid that it's hydrating, but it can actually be having the opposite effect. That's part of it. And, and the other part of this is when you're better hydrated, you actually have more energy because every met metabolic process within the body needs water. So somebody's like, hey, I don't have enough energy. First thing I, I, you know, working with clients over the years and firefighters is start drinking more water. A, your joints will start feeling better, but but your energy levels, and it's actually documented, there's research there. Someone could Google this. I'm sure they are right now, say, thinking whether I'm full of crap or not, but staying hydrated can A, reduce your chance of sudden cardiac arrest, help with energy, help the way you feel, and especially if you're substituting out all those sugars, right, Chief, you're you're going to start feeling better. And as Janelle said, in some cases, you're drinking the wrong stuff, and it's it's a detriment to you. Um, yeah, you and you, yeah. You also need to make sure after a, um, especially after an intense exercise where you've sweat a lot, uh, or it doesn't have to be exercise, but uh, you've been at a fire scene and you've sweat a lot. You you know you've seen the products we put on the fire trucks, but you need to be uh, making sure there's an electrolyte replacement in that repertoire of stuff. You're not, you know not just water. Uh, make sure that after those heavy workouts or after you've been sweating, you're getting that electrolyte replacement. And you'll notice a huge difference in how your body responds just in that by making sure that you're that you're getting that. And how your body recovers as we all take a drink of our water. <laughs> I noticed that, you know. So we, we talked about fitness, staying consistent with fitness, hydrating. Again, that's if somebody's looking at the saying, Zam, where do I start? I would say start drinking with water. And I think Chief said too, just start moving more and Janelle, just go for a walk, right? So we got some things that everybody listening can do. The next thing is get your annual medical. Uh, Chief, you do this and you have for years, correct? How many people are not doing this in your eyes and what would you tell them to, to change that? Well, a lot more people than people realize are not doing. They'll say, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, I got my physical. I went, I went and did uh, uh, the physical. And I can tell you that our fire department physical used to be, um, it was an internal joke, if you will, uh, because it was just a doc that was passing people along to pass them along. Um, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about the perfunctory, yeah, yeah, your blood pressure's fine, move on. You, you need to get in and have, um, the workups done, you know, there's a, a question in the, uh, 
in our in our questions here about two LODDs that were posted today, and they were both cardiac related. Uh, and you know the the question is how can we make improvements in that? Well, all of this is about making improvements in that and helping to prevent it. And number one in in determining that for yourself is getting a checkup. I can talk about weight loss and I can talk about drinking water and electrolytes and um, you know taking the walks and doing all those things. But if you haven't been to a doctor or you haven't had one of those scans done that looks at the early uh, detection for um, uh, artery blockages and the different things, then you're doing yourself a disservice. And I think more people than we care to admit, and certainly more people than admit it themselves, aren't getting this done. Uh, and if you go to any of the conferences, I know we have several coming up. Uh, the comp my conference circuit is uh, pegged out here, Janelle, coming up. I got to get you those dates, by the way. Uh, that at each of those conferences, there's typically one of the vendors there doing free scans. So if you have some trepidation about it, you're a little bit, you don't understand or you don't have the money for it. If you get to one of these conferences, get to one of those scans and get it done. Uh, and you will be amazed at the stories and they're not, they're not uh, artificial stories. Real life people who have caught real life issues in one free scan, they got it at a conference. Uh, so how do we keep this from happening? We, we get that baseline done one way or the other. Well, I think we I all think he, know someone who went to one of these appointments, had no symptoms beforehand, none. Yep. And they yep. caught something early. You know, I'm thinking obviously about cancers here. You're catching something and it gives you that leg up. You you now yeah. are in such a better position to fight whatever that is. You know, Billy Goldfeder has told his story about prostate cancer. You know, all it took was that one scan for him to get, you know, that one test for him to find out and it changed his life. And now he's here talking to us about it, 40 plus fire and sharing yeah. that information. Um, and he's also been reminding all of us, which we so appreciate about this uh, downloadable handout you can take to your doctor. Most doctors, you know, they're not super well versed in the fire service and the risks they're faced. And, all you have to do is show them this, this handout and they'll realize, you know, all the different um, potentially hazardous conditions, you know, that firefighters are in all the time. And it'll spark that that uh, step to, you know, get a couple of these tests done that they probably wouldn't and, have otherwise. And is that in the show notes for them, Janelle, so they can? Uh... Yeah, it, we have it as a handout. You can download that handout, print it up, take it into your doctor. Put it in your notes if you have a portal with your healthcare provider so that any of your doctors have access to this document. And you're, ne you're, never, too, you're never too young to start. The other part of this is, is you want to spot trends. So if, if you're starting you know, new to the fire service, get these numbers down. And if you can spot something that's going awry, we can start, they could start making um, changes and um, obviously can direct the right resources to to that. But that's the biggest thing is you need to take control of this. You need to do this because you don't want your health hazard to become your crew's health ha hazard or my health hazard. Um, and that's something that I've, I've, I've heard all around the country as I present and I, I, it's spot on for this. First Responder Center for, for Excellence has it, 40 plus fire, IFFC uh, safety. Take this, even if you are doing 
doing a department handout or if you're doing a department medical, take it and make sure that they are doing everything they need to be doing. So great resource with that. And then, so number four here, as we uh, continue down this journey of the, the Healthy 10, eat according to your goals. If you eat high sugar foods, if you're constantly having uh, processed foods, you will be feeling and performing that way. Um, you know, high sugar, we, we reach for that a lot because we're looking for energy right then and there. But, you know, Chief, I think this is one of the biggest changes you had talked about you made is what you put into your body and why, right? Yeah, not just what, but how much. So, you know, we hear a lot about, uh, and, and there wasn't a lot of explanation about it when this first kind of came up, uh, talking about micros and macros. And, you know, we're not, that's not, we're not going to get into a lot of that. But uh, I will just give everybody the, the five cent tour here is, is that, you know, macros are the carbs, fats, and proteins, and micros are the nutrients and vitamins. That's, that's all it is. And you've got to look at where you are with all of those pieces and understand that it's not just about what, it's, it, it, it's about how much. Uh, and, you know, I've got lots of tricks that, I'll, you know, I'll give you one, but for uh, lots of tricks that help people in losing weight. And one of them is putting trash on a plate. And they look at me like, what the, what the hell are you talking about, chief? You crazy. I said, no, 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 just just try it. When you're eating and you're trying to lose weight and you just, you know, you fill up your plate. And I'm reminded of, of the, uh, the comedian that has at the buffet he goes to and he piles the plate up. I'm not going to repeat what he says in his uh, comedy routine, but he piles the plate up. And that's what we do in general, right? Is we fill our plate because that's number one. We took the plate and grandma said, eat everything that's on the plate and we just keep eating. And, you know, I tell people when you get to the point, the first time you're hungry, first of all, slow down. You can put the fork down in between bites, all those kind of different things, but slow down. But when you really feel like you're done and you need a little help, put some trash on the plate. And more than one person has come back to me over the years and said, you know what? I thought it was kind of hokey at first, but I did it. And it made all the difference in the world because I wasn't going back to that plate that had trash on. Yeah. So then if I could just keep you from going back to the buffet with for another plate, we'll be okay. Right. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Lots of tricks for it. It's not just about what you put in. It's it's also about how much. It, remembering that food is your fuel. If you put bad gas in your trucks, you're going to get bad performance. Same thing there. And we just had Chief Sulk on. He said uh, one of the things that he would recommend is to serve on smaller plates in the firehouse. Yep. Get rid of those darn platters. There's some science behind that. Uh, and then lastly, I have to say this for my mom. She was right. Eat more fruits and vegetables. Right, Chief? Right. Absolutely. And my, my mantra every night, uh, seedless red grapes. That's my wine for the... Uh, uh, for the world, I have seedless red grapes every night. That's my final uh, before bed snack, if you will. And it helps fill you up too when you're eating yes. things like salads. You're, you're going to get full faster and less likely to go back for seconds on on some of those other foods. And if you're if you're in a firehouse and you're cooking in a firehouse, the, the one suggestion I would say to that is. Look, we're not saying get a, like if you got away from the traditional firehouse meals right away, you're going to get you know, trust me, I've been the fitness guy for 15 years. I know what you're going to get, but have a salad, have vegetables as an option for those um, that you're cooking for. And that would be the one plea I would have for those that are, are cooking in firehouses, have more fruits and vegetables. Get cheap. I want to, uh, I, I want to 
if we can go back to the one slide, I don't think we had, uh, we don't have food on the stove on here, do we, anywhere, Janelle? Um, in the present, okay, so food on stove, um, I encourage you, yeah, I encourage you folks to research that, look for that. Um, I'm actually gonna speak with them uh, first week of May, doing a little speaking about uh, how this all manifests in his program, in Jonathan's program, but uh, great, some great resources out there, you just gotta find them. Yeah, and again, it goes back to taking control of your health. Um, you know, the the one thing that we all have is we all have a cell phone and we have a lot of resources there. And, you know, whether you want to learn how to cook, it's there. YouTube, great for that. Um, you know, Jonathan Tate has a great program called Food on the Stove. There are actually some very good healthy chefs probably within your fire department. Just reach out to them and don't be afraid to make these healthy changes. That's the other part of this. And we'll get more into that. Um, but before we do, let's go to number five. This is something that uh, when you probably first joined the fire service chief sleep, everyone just said, ah, we sleep when we can because, you know, we're on 24 hours. But now the research is telling us that's fine. We understand that you got to get better at sleeping when you're off off shift also. Right. Right. Yeah. And, you know, you think about it, it's a little bit different world, but all you could do is think about the DOT standards for truck drivers. Yeah. Right. They're required by federal law to get a minimum amount of sleep in between shifts. Yet we don't do that in the fire service. We don't have anything that requires us uh, who's going to be rescuing those truck drivers out of the wrecks or the different uh, situations they get in. We don't have anything requiring us to do that. And I think we can learn a lot from that um, DOT mantra, if you will. I'm not suggesting we should have that. Uh, so, so no, please don't take that away from this. I'm not suggesting we become the DOT <laughs> sleep police. Uh, yeah, but sleep is absolutely uh, important. And, you know, there are things in the stations we used to have. And Aaron, I appreciate you making reference to back when I was in the fire department. Uh, we used to have the Claxtons, right? The uh, really hard that uh, was the Claxton. And now it's replaced by the much softer and quieter, um, you know, uh, voices of the alerting systems. And that's all part of shocking your system you know ours was a shock to the heart and a shock out of sleep and it made it harder to get back to sleep so i think we've made some progress uh, in the industry uh, unfortunately we can't really i don't think we can let dispatchers sleep uh, because while they're on duty because you got to answer the call i know that uh, we, we we were given the opportunity to take naps as dispatchers uh, as long as other people were were up but anyways Absolutely, sleep's critical. We've never paid enough attention to it, and I'm glad to see we're starting to now. Yeah, Jan I just Janelle, want to this, point out. Oh, I was just going to say real say quick that on the podcast, this has been one of the most consistent yes. themes that's come up on several podcasts. Battalion Chief Dina Ali, uh, Fire Chief Tim Sundelbach. I swear, it seems like almost everyone has mentioned sleep as being just the critical foundational part when they're starting. Uh, a wellness, fitness, whatever it might be. And the story I just want to relay really quickly is Chief Ali, she mentioned how uh, younger generations coming into the fire service don't have the same stigma attached to sleep, where in previous generations or years, people would see it as a sign of weakness. If you said, hey, I need to go take a nap, I'm going to go home and rest for a while. Like we just had to be go, go, go all the time. And like, who's got time for a nap? And it's just like, it, it seems so simple, but to just 
embrace the idea of taking a nap and putting yourself first and getting some rest as like this eye-opening concept it's it's kind of funny almost but it's it's so great that we're actually starting to recognize it um and so I, I'm just so glad she mentioned that. And I'm also going to put in the chat for everyone, uh, Dr. Sarah Janke has done some great research into sleep for firefighters. Um, and a book actually that Tim Sendelbach mentioned on his show is called Why We Sleep. And he said it changed his life. And if you know him, you know he does, didn't sleep very much. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> at all. So, yeah. Hardly at all, you know, just working all the time. And uh, so this is a great resource I'm gonna put in the chat for everyone. Great minds think alike, Janelle. I was just gonna say the same thing. This has been a huge topic coming up on, on Fire Rescue One, on our podcast, on the Better Every Shift podcast. And I think it's one that, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at this. Just because you're in shift work doesn't mean you shouldn't think on, about it and focus on being better at sleeping. You know, it makes it it's when you say it out loud, it sounds odd, but there's sleep hygiene. There's there's ways to integrate in and there's there's ways to get more out of our sleep. And we as first responders need to focus on that. So number six, chief, we're moving along. We're doing pretty well. But this is one. Uh, of course, this is kind of what we started about is managing your weight and your body fat percentage. And this is, again, a personal thing. Right. Uh, I will say why this made the list. First of off is the more you weigh, the harder uh, it is to do the job internally. There's a lot of systems in place. It's harder on the joints. It's harder on your internal organs. There's some great research coming out of uh, University of Wisconsin, Milwaukee, where, look, we're, we're firefighters. We get the job done. And that's never really a question. And, and as I've gone around and started to talk to people, and I know you have, Chief, look, you have two firefighters, one that's in shape, one that's uh, maybe 20 or 30 pounds, and there's a task at hand. They're both going to complete it. They're both probably going to complete that. But at what stake, at what uh, detriment will that, that have on the body? And research shows the heavier you are, the harder it is to recover, the harder it is on your joints, the harder it is on your organs. So that's why this made it. Um, as far as what's a healthy weight for you, Chief, I think you have some good insight as to that and, and kind of what you went through. Yeah, so um, I recall several conversations with uh, some overweight firefighters that I had and they were uh, self-described bulls in the china shop, right? They, I hope that's water in that cup you're drinking there, Aaron, right? It is, um, it is, yeah. They, they were uh, self-proclaimed bulls in the china shop. They could take down any wall, they could, um, you know, anything I asked them to do, chief, I can do it. The sergeant, lieutenant, whatever rank it was I was at the time, I, I can do it. And, you know, my retort to them was exactly what you just said. I, you know, I would say I have no doubt whatsoever that you can take that wall down for me. My question to you is, at what expense is that going to be to you? And that became uh, kind of an eye opener for a lot of folks that uh, we do have to look at uh, and, and I don't like BMI or uh, body fat percentage as an indicator, you know, as a sole indicator, if you will. But they are things you need to look at and you need to make sure that you're, you're cognizant of where you are with that. And you, your department might have a limit. So you got to know what that limit is. You got to be within this range or this is the limit you can be. You've got to know that for your department. 
uh, in Prince George's County, we used to have a body uh, a BMI percentage that you needed to target every year that there was a top and a bottom. And you just needed to know that and be able to, to work towards that to be able to meet the uh, standard, if you will. But not every department has that, and it isn't the end-all be-all um, of the process. Back to the whole functional fitness piece, this is much more about um, being able to, to get the job done and lowering the stress on your heart. You said you, the organs, lowering the stress on your heart and um, taking that extra weight off of what your heart has to overcompensate for. I mean, that's all what, what this is about. And, yes. you know, you've got urescue.com uh, down there, which is a website that I started, which kind of focuses on the whole piece of this. This isn't just about physical strength and nutrition. It is about, um, um, you know, mental toughness and moral focus. And when I talk in terms of uh, the personal success tetrahedron and the, the base of that tetrahedron is service, because that's what we're all here for. We're not here for anything but service. Um, but that service and uh, Grandma Jones and the 10 chairs, people have heard me talk about that. Grandma Jones is everybody that's out there that we deal with. And the 10 chairs are the eight people who die in fires every day in the United States. And the ninth chair is the firefighter or EMS professional or dispatcher that dies in the line of duty once every three days. And the uh, uh, 10th chair is the one who uh, dies at the hands of, of suicide once every three days. It, it's all part of building that tetrahedron so that you can get the job done. Uh, and it takes much more than just the food that we're talking about. It takes that mental toughness and that moral focus. And we can look in the, in the press every day and we can look at lapses in each of those whether it's moral, uh, you know, moral focus issues or just decision making or that's gone. You use the word awry and I was going to applaud you for that. I, I don't think I've ever heard you use that word before. <laughs> the decision making that has gone awry. Um, and, and, and that's what you rescue you is all about is finding the right uh, personal and professional balance uh, to be able to get the job done and ultimately provide that service. And, and going going back to like your own body weight, that helps you do that better. It helps you perform oh, yeah, absolutely. Better. And it takes stress not only off your your body, you know, physically, but mentally too. I, I think, you know, that's the one part of this. And going back to your, this isn't just about being able to do push-ups and burpees, right? right. Which everybody knows I love talking about, but uh, it's more than that. It's more about how does this fit into your entire well-being? How does this fit into your your life as a firefighter, fire chief, and as a father uh, outside of the fire service too. And, and all of those things with the Janelle was talking about the sleep just a, a couple minutes ago, it's all part of that. It all fits together in that tetrahedron. Well, can I just real quick, Aaron, just going back for one second. I think sometimes it's hard to make decisions for ourselves because it's harder for us to prioritize. But if you put it yourself in the perspective of, or you think about it from the perspective of, like Mark said, could you rescue you? What about your crew? Could your crew rescue you? And if we're not gonna do something for ourselves, think about doing it for them. Because yeah. if if we're making it harder for them to be able to successfully rescue, if you know we were in a Mayday event, sometimes I feel like that's the the final, you know, flip the switch, you know, for folks is, if you're not gonna do it for you, think about the people it impacts around you. And that's all part of exactly it, Janelle. It's perfect. That I mean, that's all part of what I was hoping to drive home with that is for you to look introspectively and understand that it's not just about you. 
there are people who have to rescue you. And I ask them to look at themselves first. And so while it may sound like a functional, could you rescue yourself, pull yourself out? It, it is that, but it's also the moral and the mental part of, uh, uh, of pulling it out. So I appreciate that, that uh, parallel because that's exactly, that's exactly what it's all about. It's not just us, we're all in this together. And to add to that, well, I, I had a great conversation at one of my seminars once about someone saying, hey, what do you think about, you know, rid operations for a, a, a firefighter that weighs three or 400 pounds? And I think that opens up this whole idea. Well, I, I understand number. It's really difficult to, to recruit in the fire service right now. And, and that's a whole nother conversation. But I understand the idea behind how do we save that person? But if we really, truly care about them and save them, we would get that some of that weight off of them. And because that's that's a detriment to the rest of the, the department and 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 to those people that as Janelle and, and both you said, Chief, you know, you you now I have to deal with your issue and being really, really heavy. And and a number we can go on one, and on. Ex- yeah, you're you're exponentially increasing your potential to have a problem and then our potential to have to deal with your problem um, by continuing yeah. to carry yeah. around those poor habits. Yep. And I think that goes into our next one too, believe it or not, into the cancer initiative where we talk about having your dirty gear because your gear and and so number seven is clean your gear, you know, uh, clean your apparatus, clean your cab, clean your equipment. Uh, post-fire decon is essential to uh, reducing your risks and your crew's risk and your family's risk of cancer. And so now yeah. it, it really plays into, hey, oh, you know, I, I haven't checked my numbers. I'm 40 pounds overweight. Well, you're now putting other people in jeopardy. I don't clean my gear. So now you're putting other people in jeopardy. And this is one that you can't ignore the research, right, Chief? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I'll say this, and this is a shock thing here, but uh, one of the quickest ways to lose weight is uh, going to be to get cancer. Mm-hmm. So um, let's not make that be uh, what we're doing. Uh, so it, it's not just about, I appreciate you 100%, it's not just about the food now and the nutrition and the exercise. It's about making common sense decisions. And I'm as guilty as the next person for having grown up in an environment that glamorized um, being dirty. And I can't tell you the number of uh, newspaper <laughs> clippings I have where I could recognize myself. And, um, you know, what was it? It was the black stains all over the face and the gear with the dripping soot off of it, the things that uh, we describe as salty. Uh, And I would not only get right back on my fire truck like that, I might throw it in my trunk and take it home and and then have the wife and kids in the car with me. And um, of course, as soon as they went, what's that smell? Mm. They're already exposed at that point. Once once they begin smelling that, that that's all part of the exposure. So, yeah, it, it's no longer um, a badge of honor. It shouldn't be. And we need to be making the common sense decisions to get ourselves rinsed off and do the best we can to keep the, the cabs clean. I know everybody can't do the whole clean cab concept. I get it. Do the best you can. And um, and, and just simple rinsing and, and getting that stuff brushed off of you is going to go a long way to reducing your risk. And Janelle, we have some great resources. You've been working hard behind the scenes. Um, and I, I and I have to say thank you to you, Janelle, because you've developed a lot of stuff on this, you know, Dirty Helmet Syndrome page uh, and had a lot of conversations. And, you know, you understand, you looked at the research and you went, this doesn't make sense. You know, why are you, 
why are you guys not doing this? So I applaud you for putting together these resources. Um, and I think they're, they're referenced there, correct? Yeah, just put that link in the chat as well. This was a special coverage series we did not all that long ago, but I was just so impressed by all the, uh, the writers that spoke up about this and said, we have to change the way that we think about this. It's, it's, we cannot continue to glamorize it because we're just getting ourselves and others around us sick. So we have to put an end to that. So great crew drill would be to go through some of these resources and talk about this. Um, you know, obviously the Healthy 10 is gonna be a great crew uh, drill, but um, you know, break it down even further. Let's talk about the cancer risks and what we can do as a crew and individuals, because that leads into um, another one of our Healthy 10, um, which is work on emotional resilience. Now, Chief, you had mentioned a, a kind of this topic as we were talking about weight loss and um, managing your health and you rescue you. And I think this is one that really is, is one that you're passionate about, correct? Yeah, I, I mean, the whole, um, the whole piece about emotional resilience and, and, you know, we deal with a lot of bad stuff. And we, uh, we not only we see a lot of bad stuff, we just have to keep rolling because if we don't answer the next call, who does? You know, that that is unfortunately the truth. So we've got to get ourselves in a mindset where we're able to. And, you know, it's a great graphic there that, that talks about um, self-control and the social supports within the department and being optimistic about things. You know what? Everything isn't bad. You know, even though we're painting a, a bad picture right now in, in what we're talking about, it's to help you be better. So be optimistic in what uh, you do. Um, you know, the ability to, I'm just going around the, the clock here, if you will, on what's in, on the screen in front of folks, but the ability to solve problems, you've got to be a, a problem solver and a thinker. Uh, the problems don't solve themselves uh, unless everything burns down and just goes away. And we've We've seen that happen before. So we've got to be problem solvers, uh, being emotionally aware and not just emotionally aware of yourself, but of others. Look around the room and make sure that when you see someone who's in trouble, that you do something. You know, it, it, the whole mantra of uh, if you see something, say something. Well, it's for me, it's if you see something, do something. If you see somebody that needs support, get them the support, whether that's your department EAP program, whether that is your um, uh, your health and wellness staff, if you have an office that's a, you know, that does that, again, every department's a little bit different. And then uh, this self-belief, believe in yourself and your ability to do the right things. You, you know, we, I've, I've said before, we are not a, an entry-level business here where, um, you know, we're, we're, I guess we're, I'm going to say we're not meant to be an entry-level business here where uh, you can come in and, and think about minimum wage working conditions. We are the front line of uh, public safety, and, and our folks have to believe that uh, they can get the job done, and all of this comes together. And at the end of the day, the sense of humor uh, is where I had to, uh, had to be able to use that in developing myself as a firefighter, to be able to not only uh, laugh at the situations that privately, laugh at the situations that I had to deal with, but also uh, be able to laugh at myself and recognize that I wasn't going to be, uh, I wasn't the end all be all, none of us are, uh, and that we need to be able to 
to, to do all of those things and think about resilience in terms of um, dealing with all the situations that, that we see every day. And, you know, we, we just, we talk about the LODDs, you talk about the, the factory in Pennsylvania that just blew up and, you know, the seven people that died in that and the school shooting today uh, with six, at least six people dead. Our responders all went to all of those situations. Our firefighters, along with police officers and the dispatchers, they, everybody dealt with that. We've got to be looking at each other and make sure that if we see something, we do something about it to take care of each other. Yeah, and I, I think a really important thing that we have to know here is we're not going to be able to stop experiencing trauma. That's part of the job. There's going to be negative things that happen, but we have to we have to create balance with the positivity. Studies show that if we focus on the negative, then we're only going to see the negative. It wires our brains to just see things from a negative perspective, which is why we have to be intentional and really, really try to think about positives in our life as well. So yes, the trauma is going to happen. We're gonna see terrible things, right? But if you pause for a moment to think about what you're grateful for, something in your life that's going really well, that helps your brain have a more balanced ability to deal with the trauma. And really that's what we mean by building resilience. You're preparing your brain to be able to process these things that are coming in. And it's it's pretty amazing what's happening in our brains without us ever knowing it, which is why we have to be so intentional. Yeah, and I, you know, there's a lot of great resources out there and I wanna point out the one that uh, we've got there on the slide about the uh, Cortico. Uh, download the Cortico app if you don't have that. It's spelled just like that. Download the Cortico app and you'll, you'll really be amazed at the amount of resources that are out there from that just to, to help you with this whole piece, health in general, but specifically the emotional resilience. I like to call it a Jedi mind trick sometimes. And I, I say that with jokingly, jovial, but, you know, uh, and this is something to try at the, at the table. Uh, you know, you do this with your kids is, you know, once you start going down this rabbit hole of being negative and talking about all the bad things, you, you just start to mention some positives, think of some positives and you watch how things around you change. And yeah. I, you know, I, 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 I have sometimes challenged with that, but I think, you know, that's part of this is obviously we're going to be exposed as, as you were saying, chief. And, and, you know, Janelle said, try to find positive ways and healthy ways to reframe and, and deal with it and talk about it. So emotional intelligence is, is, very, very important for our health, um, along with uh, two more things that we want to address. And this comes back to the cancer initiative. Um, we, we, you know, we just talked about, uh, you know, washing your gear and wearing clean gear. The next part about this is wearing your gear properly and wearing it, period. Chief, how many times when you, and I, I don't want to say when you first started, but I, you know, I can even say when I first started, Nobody was wearing it during overhaul. And a lot of times yeah. we weren't wearing them on automobile, automobile um, fires, car fires. Uh, yeah. So it, A, that's changed, but we still got a ways to go. Yeah, you wanted to say when I first started, we had sponges in our mouth instead of SCBA. <laughs> I know. I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna, well, didn't the horses have the sponge? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so the uh, a couple pieces here. One is, are you doing air monitoring at your scenes? Do you have um, a, 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 the capacity to do that? If not, you should be. And we don't need expensive hazmat meters to do that. There are simple four gas meters out there that'll take care of 
90% of what it is that's a concern. Uh, you shouldn't be taken off the SCBA until that's been, uh, th those limits have been uh, reduced to where they're no longer uh, um, a toxic environment. And you're not going to know that without doing some kind of monitoring. Uh, you're right 100% about vehicle fires and dumpster fires. We never used to wear uh, SCBA on those fires. And now it is a, a standard way of doing things and should be. But also, like you said, wearing them. How many times people aren't wearing the SCBA, the waist strap? It's just like uh, I hear police officers say, I don't wear the seatbelt because I can't get out of the car quick enough if I got to chase somebody. Well, OK, we'll think about that next time you roll over and get thrown out of the vehicle, that that's why you didn't have the seatbelt on. It's the same thing with SCBA waist strap. And they say, ah, I'm not going to I don't have time for that. I got to get into that fire. I got to get in. That waist strap is hanging down. And I want them to think about that the next time they get trapped in a scenario where those waist straps that are dangling down get snarled up in something and we're no longer able to pull them out because they're entangled in uh, that uh, in that incident. And it also, using that waist strap, takes that weight off of uh, your back. And, and that, you know, that's a big part of making sure that you're wearing it right. And that, that goes back to our health, right? It goes back to A, for the cancer, B, for uh, injury prevention and, and and see just for for being apt to, uh, to for rescues um and yep. you know because we've 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 touched on all of of our um, numbers here uh, except for the last one and you know and i didn't want to to shorten that message of wear your gear wear it properly where when you should um but i think it comes back to if you're not wearing your gear if you need to lose a couple of pounds if you haven't worked out consistently if you're not doing your annual medicals, if you're not drinking enough water, work on improving every single day. Get better every single shift. And you know, we're, not everybody's gonna be a model for the calendar. And we're not saying that you need to be. We're saying take one small step forward. And I, I, I'm a big YouTube-like success guy. I love watching these videos. And Denzel Washington has a great video out there. He says, I knew when I would fail, I would fail and fall forward because I would learn from it. And every single time I would fail, I would just keep going forward. It's forward, it's steps. There's times in our health and fitness journey where we might be up on weight, we might be down on weight, we might be not healthy uh, with our nutrition. The key to all this is start moving forward with it, right? And don't give up on it. Um, pick, pick one thing today. Pick one thing today and start today. Yeah, don't try and conquer everything all at once. Or I, I get into this mindset myself, all or nothing thinking, but do one, start by drinking water, start by going to bed earlier, whatever it might be, but just, because once you do those things, you're gonna see that positive reinforcement, the positive results, and then you build confidence to try the next thing. And that's what this is all about. Get better every day. And I'm, Janelle, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm going to piggyback on your comment because you and I have had some great conversations behind the scenes. Like you are like, okay, I need to do this, 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 this. And you got a spreadsheet out. You got Monday, you're going to do that. Tuesday, you're going to do that. If it's a half moon on Thursday, you do this. And finally, right, I, I looked at you one day. I said, just start drinking more water. Just pick one. You know, and you looked at me and you're like, I'll see you next week. And then that was it. But you, you're, you're exactly right. Uh, and Chief, if this webinar, this podcast makes an impact on and in order for it to make an impact on you, 
if you're listening and you're like, my health is horrible, Zam, what do I do? Pick one of these. Start drinking more water today. Then next week, work out three times a week, three walks. Um, and if you're in great shape and you haven't gotten your annual medical, go make that dang appointment. And if you're not wearing your gear properly, do that this next call. Whatever you do, start making progress and take those around you with you. And that's about, uh, that's what we're all about. You know, that's why chief, that's why you do what you do. That's why I feel honored and privileged to be able to, to, to talk because that's what I stand for. And Janelle, that's was the, the whole idea behind this whole thing. So uh, with that, chief, thank you for your insight. Janelle, awesome. We got some questions that we'll deal with. Um, anything else you guys got? Got a few Try questions coming in. Um, I did, we did have a couple requests if you could go back to slide nine for just a second, just to make sure we've got a few things uh, there. Um, yeah, there's a couple quick tips here. Well, the personal plea was from me to stop uh, using the term smoke eater. I think that's so essential. But at the same time, if you think about the term smoke eater, it just underscores why SCBA is so important. Who wants to think about the smoke actually going into your lungs? It's a terrible visual. It's terrible to think about. Um, and that's something we still see it in, you know, news sites will literally call firefighters smoke eaters and we will not use that term on fire rescue one we do not want to glorify that term um anything else on this one aaron before we move on to questions no i'm uh, i'm actually trying to look at some of the questions on here and this this is great thank you guys thank you by the way for everybody who attending um i i would really highly encourage you to uh, share this with your crew if you could share this with uh other members of the fire service and then uh yeah what do you got for questions um we have one question about vitamins um and supplements in general i was curious what your take is on that especially for folks who feel like maybe they can't get all those vegetables for example you know can how do you feel about supplementing with vitamins or other supplements. Chief, what do you do? Yeah, Chief, what do you do on that? So um, I, I will be completely honest with folks. When I started the weight loss journey, I, I did use a, um, a weight loss supplement uh, to help curb the appetite. And what I took away from that is is for folks to go back, you know, go back to what we just talked about. Pick one thing. That one thing for me was about weight loss at the time. It wasn't about heart health. It wasn't about functional fitness. It was about weight loss. And um, I wanted to jumpstart that. And I used those vitamins, uh, over-the-counter stuff that uh, are, is available everywhere to be able to start that process. And uh, certainly as time went on, I determined that, you know, I did need a, a kind of a one-a-day kind of thing. I will say, though, that I had a very popular one-a-day vitamin I started taking, and I got sick within two days and I stayed sick every day I was taking it. So I stopped taking that one a day vitamin and I got better. I don't know what that was all about, but it goes right back to what we've been saying from the beginning is that there's no one system, no one diet, no one plan that's gonna work the same way for everybody. You've got to figure out what works right for you. Um, someone else did ask, and Janelle, I'm gonna go ahead and, and piggyback on you there. Someone else did ask about yoga and what we thought about yoga as far as uh, uh, being able to help with sleep. 
anything that's able to help you focus. I go back to the mental toughness and moral focus. Anything that's able to help you focus is good for you to be able to focus your, whether it's sleep, whether it's performance. Uh, and if yoga is what does that for you, fantastic. Yeah, I highly recommend uh, yoga and mobility work uh, for numerous reasons. One is the better you move, the better you will be able to perform and the better you will feel. And yoga does that. It also helps you try to connect your mind and body, which we are, honestly, I know I'm very horrible at. Um, and then just to piggyback on, on supplements, uh, Chief, you know, I think you, you hit it, you know, it depends on what your goal is, but I like to say things like protein shakes and uh, vitamins and creatine, all these different sports supplements. If you have a crappy diet to start with, you're literally peeing your money away because you need to focus on getting a good quality calories first, hydrating, and then, you know, a multivitamin may help with that, but you have to uh, do your research on it because you can get it, you can actually get too much too quickly and you can start to have some nausea related with it. But uh, my whole take on supplements is that don't let supplements get in the way of you creating healthy nutritional habits to start. So yeah. good protein. It's not the end all be all. It's not the end all be all. And it's sometimes when you, if you don't have that solid foundation, all you're doing is adding crap to the top and you know what happens? It falls back down. Yeah. So build your foundation first. Great question. We've got a really good question that just came in. How do you get the 15, 20, 25 year firefighter uh, on board with this mindset? You know, where do you begin to change the mentality to get into a healthy lifestyle after potentially decades of not focusing on health and wellness? So I want to jump in and take that uh, because I had a personal experience with that as chief uh, with a firefighter um, who had exactly that scenario, the 15, the 20 year firefighter who had um, not been able to get in shape, uh, may or may not have taken it serious and got to the point where um, they were unable to pass the department physical. And uh, I don't think it was that they didn't want to have a healthier lifestyle, but they were one of the ones who believed they were that bull in the china shop and they could do anything and take any wall down and um, didn't understand why I thought it was a problem. And we had to literally have a one-on-one -on -one mentoring session with that individual and uh, asked them to understand one thing first and that this wasn't just about them. So to the question of how do you get that person? Number one, you need to get them to understand this isn't just about them. Because as we talked about the could you rescue you piece, if that person were to go down with the rest of his crew or her crew, would they be able to pull them out? Would they, because their heart didn't function well because of all the, the uh, uh, fatty tissue around the heart, it caused it to seize up. Now their crew is put into position to have to be endangered to be able to pull them out. Well, yeah, that's what we do, Chief. Okay, but go back to it's not just about you. If you weren't uh, in the condition you were in and you were a healthier you, would it be easier on your crew if you did go down? And it was really an epiphany moment for that person when they understood that they weren't in this alone. And if they won't do it for them and their fellow firefighter, then do it for their family. 
whether it's um, the, uh, a wife, a significant other, a, a children, to be able to be around longer for them. This isn't just about you. So hopefully that helps um, the person that, that needs to have that discussion with someone to jumpstart that discussion. And that's number one, make sure they understand it's not about them. And number two, understand just take one thing at a time, start today. I, I just have to piggyback on that too, Chief. You're exactly right. We all need to start thinking about, uh, you know, the family members. When you said that, you know, if someone's family comes to the firehouse, my, in my mind, I look at that and go, that's why I, I'm working out. That's why I need to stay in shape because I don't want to let those kids down or I don't want to look at my crew's family and say, my own fitness, my own lack of going to get my own numbers let them down. And we had this conversation at a firehouse table and we were talking about manual medicals being mandatory. And someone said, well, I don't want someone knowing my own health issues. And I said, they're not just your health issues. They're everyone's at this table, especially if you don't deal with them. And, you know, when we, when we talked as a group like that, I think, as you said, it's very impactful. Um, and uh, I hope that that's one of the things that along with the healthy 10 that people are taking from this and, um, you know, I, I think that's a great one to kind of end on. Janelle, um, you have some great resources for us here, correct? To, to end it, and what do you got? Yeah, we just want to remind everyone that if you missed anything here, you can watch the on-demand version here at this um, URL. And then there's also, please, I encourage everyone to follow Better Every Shift as well. Um, we did get more questions that we didn't get a chance to get to, but we will try and cover all of these questions in a follow-up article. So watch for that. We will publish that soon. Um, Aaron and I will talk about that on Better Every Shift going forward and let you know when that is live. Um, and just also a quick reminder that there are two handouts you can download here. One is just a quick lineup of the Healthy 10 and the other one is the Healthcare Provider's Guide to Take to Your Doctor. Chief, thank you so much for being here. Anything else to add, uh, a final parting words of wisdom? It's not just about you. Take one thing at a time and have a great day on purpose. On purpose. I love it. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Again, uh, the Better Every Shift podcast, you can reach us on the, the website, FireSQ1. Most importantly, we want you to learn something, do something, and share something to make you and those around you better every shift.